Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Japa Diaries. Here on Japa Diaries, we document the experience of African immigrants in the diaspora. I've been. What did we talk about today? We talked about mental health, um, discovering our mental health for the first time, the effects of meditating on our mental health, and um, just the things that we did to cope and get us to where we are today. Yes, and please don't forget to like and subscribe, subscribe and subscribe at japa.diaries on Instagram and TikTok. Enjoy the episode. Bye. Hello. Welcome to um, Japa Diaries, a podcast documenting the experiences of African immigrants in the diaspora. Um, today we have a very special guest. Would you like to introduce yourself, said guest? Hi guys, I'm Fight Guys. I'm a TikToker and an Instagram influencer as well. And I work as a full-time UX designer. Um, and I'm from Nigeria, born in America, and raised in Africa. Fantastic. Yeah. Dynamic. Fantastic. Do you understand? Do you understand? Do you understand? Um, so today, I, I kind of wanted us to talk about so I follow um, Freikat on the TikTok and I really like her content and it's very aesthetic, girly, soft life, you know, black girl luxury and that. Um, but I, I noticed that like a lot of your um, voiceovers would kind of dive into like mental health stuff. And as I was getting to like, you know, I guess know you a bit more from your content, I realized, oh, she's an African immigrant in this diaspora. I said, why not? Why not let us discuss the chaos that happened to our mental health as a result of being an African immigrant in the diaspora? Um, mm-hmm. But before we get into that, how did it, let's get to your Japa story. Like, how did it come about that you were going to Japa? Um, I just, I knew I was going to come to the US after college. Um, for me, I did not want to go anywhere else because already, like, I used to come to America a lot of times. So, um, I already knew where I wanted to go. And I also wanted to go to, like, the big school, like, Yale, Harvard, mm. all of these places. Like, since I was a little girl, I was very smart. So I was like, I want to go. But, That's like, it was, yeah. <laughs> it was very expensive, but still, mm. like, I was lucky enough to, um, I got a full tuition scholarship for four years in sure. university, university of Northern Kentucky. So I was like, if I don't have to pay for school, like, when why stress myself to go apply to somewhere where it's the same education at the end of the day? Mm-hmm. Um, so I I accepted the scholarship, moved to Kentucky from Ivory Coast. When mm-hmm. I went to Kentucky, did my school, whatever. After that, I got a job. Mm-hmm. And then my job was like a rotational program. So I get to move around a lot. So from mm-hmm. Kentucky into Atlanta. After Atlanta, I went to Miami. After mm-hmm. Miami, they sent me back to Atlanta. Um, so I've been like been all around this way. Yeah. Wow. I've been an international bay. Yeah, yeah, that's what you said. I didn't understand what you did, but all right. Wow. Um, so before like we get into your rotation, um, for me, when I first moved to the U.S., like that first year was, um, it wasn't my hardest year. I won't lie to you because like, America should be pepe in my time being here. But like that first year was a true culture shock for me. Like I'd been to America before and, you know, visited. I knew how it like 
but I knew it as a tourist essentially and not necessarily as like somebody who is now living and like getting into American society and because of how big of a culture shock it was and all of that I feel like my mental health suffered as a result of that like what was your first year like for you I feel like for me, my first year was very wild and freedom. Mm. <laughs> I think me, because I was raised in a house with overprotective parents. So yeah, they were yeah. protecting me a lot. So me coming mm. out of the world, not having mom and daddy to be like, don't do this, don't do that. It was like, yes, I'm going to do what I'm going to do. I'm mm. going to explore the yeah, world. You're one of those people that they just let them go and your yeah, world just scattered. Anything, right. everything, I want to do it. Okay. Go. So I feel like I I was in my like experience mode, but at the same time I feel like me experiencing things also led to me learning things that affected mm-hmm. my mental health, both from like an individual perspective as well as moving into moving to America. Wait, so, well, well, give me an example of that. Right. I would say moving to America for me, the culture shock was racism. That mm-hmm. was my culture yeah, shock. Yeah, that's a big one. Because I feel like in Africa's I, there was nothing as black and white. It was just mm-hmm. everyone is everyone. So coming mm-hmm. to America and seeing that, first of all, with white people, that was weird. And also with African-American acting different. That was because mm-hmm. I was like, when I was coming, I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to meet African-Americans because I feel like, for me, it's like, we're the same. if anything, we are mm-hmm. the same. But I feel like I felt more rejected by them than mm-hmm. white people. So that was like, okay. But that's from like a cultural perspective, not from any an individual perspective. I feel like I used to see, I mean, I still do. I see myself as someone very smart. So when mm-hmm. classes weren't going my way, that was like when I wasn't doing as well in mm-hmm. my classes, that was affect my mental health. Also relationships mm-hmm. affected mm-hmm. my mental health. I feel like there were so many things to mm-hmm. me. And because I wasn't used to like think for myself from an African home, it's more like yeah. whatever you want, whatever your parents want you to do, that's what you have to do. So for me, it was like, this is my first time that I have to think for myself and make, make your own decisions. Myself. And that was also overwhelming. So, I will say that yeah. education will miss me because I remember like, um, for, you guys, you guys did WAIC, right? Mm-hmm. You guys didn't do WAIC. Well, what exam no. did you with? Um, I did, we did SATs. I did SATs and then I did A-levels because I went to a British school. So oh, I did SATs and A-levels. And that was it. Okay, okay I have yeah. a question. Non, sorry, Malik, non-British schools, did they uh-huh. write WAIC? Whoa, whoa, they told me that that WAIC was West African schools. No, they didn't write WAIC. You know, there was something called BAC. Maybe that's equivalent to WAIC. No, that's like sure. a ba- ba- um, IB, right? I don't even know what it is, but I know it's called BAC. <laughs> that's what I know. Back I feel like fraud has yeah. a code. Like international like bac- baccalaureate or baccalaureate? Yeah. 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 That's, no. that's what I don't, no, I don't think anyone would like. If you write, if you had your bachelor done, you know. No, I'm going to fight on this WAIC thing because WAIC is West African something. It's okay. It's okay. I thought it was a thing, actually. Okay, the Rwani is gone. Clearly, clearly. Um... But yeah, like that messed with me um, education-wise because like I, I was also like, um, <laughs> I was like a smart kid. Like I still would consider myself a smart kid. Um, but the U.S. grading system is, is, is something else. Yeah, it's something else. Like their, their C is like, 
a very small range and everything. Like I was so used to like after clear seventy, yeah, 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 good. But like here, you have to clear like eighty five, and I'm like, ah. <laughs> like because a lot ninety is an A minus. Yeah, yeah, I was down to A. And for us, we were coming from your A's like ninety upwards. In fact, some places can even be eighty five. Um, but yeah, that that really messed with me. And um, I remember I would struggle from being like a quote unquote straight A kid to like now we got some B's, some B minuses. You know, decorating my transcripts. Like I feel that it's for me to at home getting anything less than A was like a C. Like mm-hmm. my return cards had to be a a a a a a. So mm-hmm. for me coming to college and I'll see something else other than a, mm-hmm. I was like, it's not like I wasn't studying. Like I would put my all into it. So I was like, what is going on? So mm-hmm. That was I was not having it. My like, what was your first year like? I mean, for me, like I mean, academically, when I first academically, came... but even just like you. <laughs> <laughs> academically, I was first on vibes. Yeah. Our first on vibes, yeah. but again, like the reality was setting really quickly. Like, okay, I'm actually in a foreign country. Like, the, the reason I came here was for school. Like, you know, like I've set myself up for life. You know, mm-hmm. like, and you know, just being around the pool of other Nigerians that everyone just knew what their plan was. Boom, boom, boom. They're going here, going mm-hmm. there. I said, okay, like I need to actually take stock of you know what I'm doing here. And, you know, come with a plan and you know get to it. Mm-hmm. So I was able to turn that around, thank God, very quickly. But yeah, academically, academically. I was just on vibes. Yeah. Then, mm-hmm. I mean, like, I feel like I had a little bit of a gap year, which I spent mm-hmm. not in school. So mm-hmm. I feel like that year kind of helped ease me into my actual college years a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I obviously had the culture shock of, you know, racism. And I feel like, I could even tell the different types because my first gap year was in California on the West Coast. Then I went mm-hmm. to school in Philly on the East Coast. So mm-hmm. I could I could tell, you know, the white people I'm hanging around on the West Coast is different from white people I'm hanging around on the East Coast. I could definitely mm-hmm. feel I could literally feel the difference. But yeah, I think, you know, for the most part I like to stay in my bubble. Like I mostly just hung out with my Nigerian friends for the most part. So I didn't struggle too much mentally. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I say that to say, like, I also took a gap year, but I took a gap year at home. So I was in my parents' house. Like, my parents had also moved to Houston. So I was home with them. I didn't have that, like, we oh, you're staying in what uncle, or you're staying in a foreign home. Like, I had comfort in my home, but I definitely struggled with, like, trying to ease myself into American society. Because, again, my parents are also coming from Nigeria. So, like, they don't even have that buffer to teach me how to, you know, operate in this society. Mm-hmm. And um, I was also alone a lot because Malik was in school. We don't have any other siblings. I didn't have friends in the U.S. at the time. So, like, I definitely was depressed in that first year. Um, like, when I now think back to it, like, depression has slapped me maybe twice while I've been here, right? Um, but, yeah, that first year was, like, really hard for me and and then again coming from african mentality where like mental health does not exist to us Zero. you know what i'm saying like that that concept doesn't even 
you know like what was that like for you like what were, what were your existing understanding or like relationship with mental health i feel like at first i was i don't i did not know what was going on with me mm-hmm. i knew something was going on with me i just mm-hmm. did not know what was going on with me um because i did not know the whole thing about anxiety depression all of that so for me it was like i thought it was spirits attacking me i was like what is going on with me why am i always tired like my you know when you're anxious like your chest all of that yeah i was like you i just came to america like <laughs> like your village the village. For you. <laughs> That's exactly how I, was, I was like I don't know what's going on with me, but like, mm-hmm. you know, when you first start college, they talk to you about all of these things. Yeah, and then I started like, saying, oh, this is how I'm feeling. And I feel like I was not going, I wasn't going for counseling or something. Because mm-hmm. me, because back home, I feel like I couldn't even tell my parents how I felt because of how mm-hmm. Africans were. So mm-hmm. I was already used to tell outsiders how I felt. Mm-hmm. So I think I met someone and poured it on them and made it their responsibility to fix me. And that made me attached to this person and created more health problems because if the person wasn't there, I couldn't stand on my own. Unhealthy attachment. Yes. So I was going through that. that Romantic relationship? Yeah, that was a romantic relationship. Mm. So I was going through that as well. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, it was just a lot. But I feel mm-hmm. like each time the person was around, I would feel better. But when the person was gone, when, mm-hmm. sorry, when the person was gone, it would come back. So I never, mm-hmm. I feel like I was also very emotionally unavailable. I used to call myself emotionally available, but I was mm-hmm. not because I know how to express my emotions. I can tell you exactly how I feel, but I just did not want to deal with that. So I would mm-hmm. do things to run away from them. From that feeling. Yeah. Until I just, one day I just could not think. You know, sometimes when you bottle things up and you yeah, just like explosion. <laughs> so yeah. I think it just hit me, and I was in it for like two years. I dealt with depression for two years. I can actually mm-hmm. honestly say this is the year I'm actually completely out of it. I don't feel it at all. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no, but it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's a roller coaster, and we don't talk about it. I remember telling my mom when I, I think sophomore year of. I don't remember when, but I, I told her I was depressed. Mm-hmm. And she was, she made it seem like I did not know what I was talking about. She said, no, yeah. you're, not, you're not depressed. That's the full life. Stop saying stuff yeah. like this. You have to pray. Mm-hmm. So, and I was like, this is, a, mm-hmm. this is where the problem is starting. This was the problem, yeah. yeah. The first time I told not... my parents, the first time I told my parents wanted to transfer because like, so I started school. Malik, do you remember this? You were there. I feel like you made a PowerPoint for them. I didn't make the Okay, PowerPoint aside, all right? But I had gone to college. So I was now in college. I'd done, like, my first semester, and I'd come home. And I remember one day just, like, being, like, my mood was trash. Like, I went to work. I was working at Home Goods. Um, my whole mood was Yamayama. And I finally came home. And I looked at my mom, and I was like, I want to transfer. Gosh, they laughing in my face. Yeah. Laughing. She, she called my dad. Ah, come and hear your daughter who like please you guys should come and help me because i actually don't understand what she's telling me like you you guys were laughing malik you were there and i don't even know if you remember this right but like mm-hmm. imagine if like that is like that's the reality of so many people like you you that was me calling for help ah. and that was the reaction that i got ah. now to be fair to be fair i don't blame what them do against them. Mm. <laughs> 
like i don't hold it against them like after the facts because like i know that they truly didn't know better right like if they if they understood the um i guess the urgency of it yeah yeah, yeah, they might have reacted differently and they did actually um when the signs the red flags were reading even more later right but Mm. i just remember like getting that reaction and being like well, I don't know how to talk about this to my American friends because I, I barely met, you, I barely know you guys. Like, it's, well, well, we've known each other for three months. My parents aren't really receptive to this. Um, and I remember the day in school, I was like, let me finally try this counseling thing out. So, like, I I signed up. It's a whole process. You have to wait like two weeks for the CU. And man, the Nigerian pride in me, <laughs> guy, I was hiding. I was so scared that somebody would walk in into that waiting you. room and see me yeah. right because i didn't know how to say i'm, I'm struggling looking with for mental help, health. Yeah, yeah like i didn't know how to say that because like when i did express my need for help it was shut down right mm. so i didn't know how to like deal with that and then ah, my therapist god bless her she was a white woman like culturally we did not relate a lot and i think i also needed that at that time i needed somebody who wasn't like in that like you know our cultural situation to give me an objective you know pov and really i went in to tell her like i think i want to transfer i don't think i'm happy here like should i do this and i don't know first of all you can't really you shouldn't really ask your therapist questions like that they shouldn't really be telling you what to do in that sense um Mm -hmm. but it was the first time i was allowed to talk openly and freely about the chaos that was happening in my head Mm. And that gave me so much relief. Like, I, I think by the end of that year, I transferred. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so what was the PowerPoint? Did the PowerPoint, you know, the PowerPoint actually did happen. My parents didn't want okay. me to transfer because they, they didn't want me to transfer because they thought it would look like I couldn't handle the pressure of the school. And it wasn't the academics mm. that was, you know, making me uncomfortable. It was the quite literal culture shock of, I don't know where I am. I don't fit in in this space. I'm not happy. Like I remember one day I called, um, I called your parents to ask for money. <laughs> it was like a Saturday night. I was in my dorm, you know, chilling, and I called them to ask for money. And your mom just asked me like, "Are you okay?" And I just started bawling. I was bawling my eye, like I was crying. Like that's all she asked me, "Are you okay?" And I was just crying. Can you know that the next day I was going to Walgreens? Now for context, I went to school in Virginia. Oh, I remember this. I went to school in Virginia. My I know what she's going to say. Yeah. <laughs> I I was walking to Walgreens and my mom calls me. She's like, oh, you know, like, what's your mailing address? Like, if someone wanted to mail something to you. And I was like, okay, I'll text it to you. And I look up across the street and my parents are there. Oh. And I was like, what are you, what are you guys doing here? Right? But also it scared me to know that I'd scared them enough to show up like that Mm -hmm. Um, and i think after that day we had a conversation of like okay we need to get them out of here because clearly it's not working for her so So wait if it was a culture shock what made you feel like transferring would be different because my school was very small it was a small pwi in like colonial williamsburg like you need to understand like they they call that place colonial like you can still see right? like the statues and the monuments vibes, you know our school had like um all the old old presidents everywhere like there are statues and everything like it was it was guy yeah, was coming from lagos to williams like is the shock yeah. was too much it's yeah. like me going from 
Cote d'Ivoire to Kentucky. I was yeah, like, that's what I'm what saying. Like, am I doing here? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I feel like, really like you, you at least you transferred. But I think me, I just cling into someone to run mm-hmm. away from the actual problems that I was dealing with. So for me, it was like, okay, I still have this person. So I think the person was helping me was. Mm-hmm. But I did not realize it was actually an unhealthy attachment, okay. which I feel like was even worse than the mm-hmm. actual problem that I was dealing with. When did you finally feel like, okay, I feel like I need to ask for help now? I think it was, I, I went to therapy a couple of times, but I feel like it was not really helping or maybe I wasn't. So I would go to therapy and I would tell them mm-hmm. how I feel. And then my therapist would be like, so I had three different therapists. My mm-hmm. first one was a man. I would tell him how I feel, and then he would be like, oh my gosh, you're so smart. You already know what to do. You don't even need me. <laughs> I feel like, you're not understanding. But yeah. at the same time, too, I feel like I wasn't being honest with them at, at some point. Like, mm-hmm. I would tell them yeah. something, and I would leave and go and do the t- complete opposite. And then mm-hmm. when I was getting what I was getting, you know, like toxic relationships. When you get what yeah. you're getting, you feel like you're okay. So I'm like, I don't mm-hmm. therapy anymore. I'm okay. I kept doing that. Then when the communication stops, I'll go back to therapy like, yo, I'm suffering. Until something mm-hmm. this year really bad happened, I just did not see myself going back anymore. So I was just, mm-hmm. I just texted therapists. I was like, I need help. You know, sometimes you have to explain them what I just did not even have the words. I just needed mm-hmm. help at that point. That's when I was like, okay, this is it for me. I don't think it's time for me to face my demons. <laughs> Whether I want mm-hmm. or not, yeah. I have to face it. So I think what I, I was scared, it was everything was stemming from just the fear of just sitting in that darkness and just taking it in or like dealing with it. I just did not want to deal with those emotions. I did not know like what what was it about? Was it, if I would ever feel better? Like I just did not know, so I did not want to deal with it. But so you're yeah, good. I think I am, but I don't think I am. <laughs> I was, but now I feel like I'm, I'm healthy now. I feel like I know when something is good or if something is going on, I have to deal with it because mm-hmm. it's eventually going to like have to move. Come back, yeah. 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 I'm glad you, you got to a place where you finally... I'm glad that you even tried therapy before, before you like... Um, even taking that first step to try therapy can be a lot, especially yeah. when you're coming from, we don't do that. You know, yeah. your, your mom said, ask that for a Please go and pray. <laughs> like, <laughs> read, your, read your Quran. Read your I Quran. don't know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's like, honestly, big kudos. And I think that, I think asking for help is typically the first hardest hurdle to get over. Like, I feel like once you cross that, you can kind of like, you know, get through the rest of it. But yours was kind of hard, man, because then you also developed negative coping mechanisms. That's the thing. It was like, already there's a shock. Now you want to add an additional problem. I feel like my codependency was bad. It was actually very bad. I feel like I centered my life around this person. So for me, it was like, Mm -hmm. if this person leaves, how I cannot function by myself. That's what I was telling myself. I cannot function. So even each time I see myself, I'm like, oh, now I'm glowing, I'm happy. I'm like, damn, what was I even mm-hmm. thinking, you know? Because I never thought I would get to a place where I'll be okay by myself. Or like, I'll even look at this person and I'm like, this is actually just a human being, just like you that has 
flaws mm-hmm. just like you. Um, mm-hmm. I feel bad that I kind of like dump certain things on this person, but at the mm-hmm. same time, I, I try not to take the whole blame because mm-hmm. the person also did certain things that affected me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just glad that I... I feel like God just did it. For, for me, I would just say God just did it because mm-hmm. therapy helped, yes, but I feel like something, I wouldn't have been able to take myself out of it by myself. Yeah. That, that's just, you know how, you know, girls, when you're going through stuff and you go to your girlfriends, they're like, get out of it now, blah, yeah. blah, blah. Are you so you be doing, yeah, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and you go back and do the complete right. opposite. That was me. And I had to accept yeah. the fact that me not being able to take myself out of it, it's okay. Like, because I used to blame myself. I'm like, oh, I, I just can't. I just had to come to terms with them and be like, yo, I want to get out of it, but I feel like I can't. I just, I just cannot. I'm just stuck. Um, but I feel like going to therapy really helped, like, telling them how I felt. And also I realized that most of it was stemming from childhood trauma back home. <laughs> <laughs> like, Let me tell you something about therapy. When they open yeah. that childhood their trauma bag, it just keeps spilling. Like I'm not kidding. Like yeah. you will realize how much of everything that you do as an adult is simply it's, a response to something that there. occurred when you were yeah. a child. Yeah. yeah. And it's wild. I'm like, bro, is it every day another problem? And I also say this like if you're going to therapy, don't go to therapy with the expectation that you'll be fixed. Like, yeah, like you'll be perfect. Because I promise you. Your, your imperfections will just continue to show up. I think going to therapy should be a thing of like, in this very moment, I'm having this particular issue that I cannot resolve by myself. I don't, I don't know how... I know people have therapists like often and they go like all the time are preventive. Yeah, therapy is expensive. I don't know about doing that. But like, yeah. I would no, say I, go into therapy to learn. I've been going a lot of also yeah, because I was going four times a month. Every week, mm. I had to see her. And yeah. I feel like that's what helped. I mean, now I only go like once or twice, but I feel like mm-hmm. because I'm in a better place. But I think my yeah. intention going was, I, I thank God I wasn't going for like a fixing. I just really wanted to know why I was acting the way I was mm. acting and what mm. I can do to make sure I don't keep repeating the same mistakes. And I think that's a lot of things. Like, that's something a lot of people don't understand. People think like you go to therapy, you're going to get fixed or your therapist will tell you what to do. She doesn't yeah. tell me what to do. She actually yeah. just brings my dark side out of me. Like the yeah. part I don't want to deal with. She helps me yeah. bring it up. So, so yeah. like, you guys feel like you're just fixing, you know, one problem at a time in therapy and not just like stabbing at everything. Like that's what your therapy sessions are like. I would prefer to do that, yes. Yes, yeah. I would prefer to do that. Don't try and yeah. do that once. <laughs> yeah, I feel like me, I don't even have... I mean, from personal experience, I don't think it was even a choice of I'm going to deal with multiple things. I just realized that one thing was stemming from another. And it was just mm. like a chain. As soon as yeah. you break something, you realize like that There's the even way it's coming from something. So that's how like conversation started. But everything mm. boiled down to like childhood trauma. That's just mm-hmm. Yeah. Malik, did you ever explore the possibility of this therapy? Oh, as you see me now, I'm still exploring it. Like, I haven't mm-hmm. been, mm-hmm. but, you know, like, I'm not against it. Like, to me, understand therapy is, like, you know, it's, like, just brain maintainers. So, like, even if you don't feel like at your, at your worst or necessarily, like, you need help, I'm sure there's, you know, some benefit to having 
literally just you know throwing all the conversation you have in your head at someone else and see what the professional thinks mm-hmm. that could definitely be helpful it could be really introspective but i haven't made it to therapy yet mm-hmm. um not to say that you know my life is all rosy uh, and you know mm-hmm. i don't have any issues i'm sure i'm having plenty but, um, <laughs> 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 yeah it's just that, like I don't know that I've hit enough markers to be like you know felt the urgency to do it, but it's something mm-hmm. I actually eventually want to to mm-hmm. do. You know, I think yeah, yeah. I think as guys too, mm-hmm. um, reaching out for help is a little harder. Mm-hmm. You know, you're yeah, taught harder. you know exactly you know be strong, man up, all that good stuff. Like and the way you internalize that thing is different. Like mm-hmm. I could literally, I could literally be talking to you right now and I could be having demons and battling it, but like my brain won't even recognize it because I've already told myself to champion through it regardless mm-hmm. of whatever it is. Then it's not going to end up casting, you know, West, do you understand? Yeah. But, you know, knock on wood, that's not my, my personal. <laughs> it's not my, you. Pers- my personal case, but. I, I do recognize that I do have some some days. Like, I, I know that I'll have some days where I actually know I don't want to do anything. The room will be dark. Mm-hmm. I'll notice that, you know, I do I do have better days when I get sun. So, like, a mm-hmm. big thing for me is, like, when I wake up in the morning, especially on weekends, I have to get out of bed. We'll get mm-hmm. some sun. Then I start my day, you know. Mm-hmm. All those, I have those markers, you know, to... Your daily practices. Just yeah. Help myself get, just get through stuff. I like what you said about how um, even though you're not like going through something terrible, like you still mm-hmm. have to go to therapy. I think that's a lot. That's something a lot of people don't know because people, when you tell them, oh, why don't you go to therapy? They'll be like, oh, I'm not depressed. Like, I feel like you don't have to be depressed or going through a major episode for you to go yeah, to therapy. To therapy. Even yeah. just you saying, like, as a man, you guys kind of have to bottle things down. That stems from childhood, because as yeah. a child, that's where it comes from. They'll tell you, don't cry. I've seen my parents do that to my little brothers. My little brother would cry, mm-hmm. they'd be like, don't cry, you're a guy. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. this is where it start- This is where the problem yeah. is starting. Um, Let those tears flow, babe. <laughs> yeah, like, cry it out, please. Mm-hmm. So, I think that's also something I... I would encourage guys to do like go to therapy and try to also break that because we're all humans. Your, your emotions are valued. Like if you want to cry, cry it out. I don't think crying should be related to like a gender or something. So, so if your man cries in front of you, it won't give you the ick. No, it's not gonna give me the ick because he's expressing himself. Yeah. Yeah. Please, please. I mean, I'm sure that there are women who don't feel the same. Um, in which case, do you really want to be somebody that doesn't let you express your emotional, you know? That's a deal breaker. If you cannot express yourself, you cannot be together. Yeah, I can't do that. I can't yeah. Do that. Um, I do have a question for you. So you expressed before that like, you grew up in a pretty like religious home. Mm-hmm. Did you have? Did you struggle with like? You know, exploring mental health and going to therapy, and also like your spirituality. Yes, I feel like when I started therapy first, I thought I was betraying God because mm-hmm. I was like, because I'm also very religious, but mm-hmm. like, I was like, if I go to therapy, does that mean that I don't trust God enough to speak mm-hmm. to Him for Him to fix me, like mm-hmm. for Him to help me? 
But I just kind of have to like get it out of my head that me going to therapy or me asking for help doesn't affect my fate or doesn't yeah. stray me out. So, sorry, take me away from my religion. But the funny mm-hmm. thing is, I also realized that I bonded more with God when I was going through things. That part. <laughs> that part, actually. Yeah. Yes. 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 When I started feeling better, and I was even talking to one of my cousins earlier, like, now that I'm feeling better, I feel like I don't feel the need to pray as much as I use. Like, before, as soon as I hear that I'm done, I'm going to go pray. Now mm-hmm. I go days without praying, and I feel bad about it because I'm just like, I don't want my relationship with God to just be solely based on me going through something because I want to have like, yeah, a healthy relationship. I don't want God to feel like he has to put me back in a bad situation for him to feel close to me. Mm. Um, so there was that. But like, mm-hmm. which is something I'm still struggling with and still trying yeah. to like be present or pray while still mm-hmm. having like what's well, been okay just pray to god mm-hmm. because i'm okay like thank you yeah. for everything i don't have to be going through something to feel like yeah. i need to be close to god um but i don't think therapy affected my spirituality or like my faith whatever like i'm still i'm still very much in the religion i think what i'm going through right now is more like i don't know actually don't know how to deal with it like i mean mm. asking god to like help me because mm. i'll pray but like when I'm praying, I don't. I just think I'm performing. I'm just performing. Like, mm-hmm. am I praying because I, my heart is there, or because I feel like I just have to? I just want to mm-hmm. have like a genuine connection. I just mm-hmm. don't want the connection to be based solely on me going mm-hmm. through things or me wanting something out of it. I have tips for that, but I think maybe we can discuss it off yes. camera mm-hmm. before we get mm-hmm. in that spiritual bag for you guys. Today. <laughs> um, but um. All right, so just on like a reflective thing, um, would you say your mental health has gotten better as a result of moving? Like, like how would you, if you had to like draw a graph of like how your mental health was doing from like before you moved, like, you know, while you moved and like where you are now? Because how long have you been in the U.S. now? Um, since 2016. So you've been here. I've been here. Well, just came yesterday. Just came yesterday. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> Don't be a hater. There's people who literally came yesterday. Okay? Bye. <laughs> yeah, like how where where would you say you are now with your mental health? Also, I'm doing really well. I'm actually mm-hmm. I'm at a really good place. I'm very content. Mm-hmm. I'm happy and I'm genuinely happy. Because mm-hmm. before I used to lie. I was just like mm-hmm. now if someone asks me, Are you okay? I know I'm not gonna cry because I'm actually mm-hmm. good. Yeah. Back then, I was not okay. And I think even becoming okay was uncomfortable for me because I was mm. in that place for so long that when it's I started feeling, yeah, when I started feeling peace, I sweat because I was like, oh my Without God. Without maneuver within Yeah, myself, that's the thing. Happy is a whole, whoa, what's going on? Yeah. Like, what? What's going on? I was like, mm-hmm. my therapist, I was like, I feel peace, but like, I'm not comfortable in the peace. So I was doing things to make me feel sad. Because mm. the, I was not comfortable with the peace. I was yeah. like, this is You're weird. Special. <laughs> no, honestly, it was so weird. I was like, I'm not used to this. And I was like, my mom was also telling me, yeah, you're not used to this. Like, what is going on? Let's go back to what we're comfortable with, like what we know. Mm-hmm. So I'll 
pull myself back in a dark place just because I was scared to like embrace what peace is like. What happiness could look like. Yeah, because I'm just yeah. used to chaos. So now chaos mm-hmm. is not there anymore. I'm like, ah. So I had to learn how to stay with it and just accept it and be like, this is a new reality. This is what we want. Um, mm-hmm. I would say I'm a really good place right now. I think what I would really like to work or what I'm really trying to figure out is how to have an effective communication with my parents without mm. them taking it personal. Which is some idea. <laughs> I, don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, oh, abuse like, uh, chooses violence. I, I can tell you right now. She I chooses do. violence. I do. But Me, let I'll me tell you dead. why. Mediating. I'll be there First mediating. Actually, yes, I've actually made Malik mediate in many, many situations. Because, um, bruh. Yeah. For me, like, even with that whole effective communication with your parents, like, the really, the hardest part about it is, like, really mourning that they are, you guys don't have a relationship that you might have wanted to have. And that's okay. You know, like, right. like, it's okay to, like, not have that perfect relationship. That's just the card that you were dealt you know what I mean? So what are you now going to do with the card that you are dealt, right? Like, do you want to not have a good relationship with them forever just because it's not perfect, you know? Or do you just want to, like, work with what you have? And then also, there's the additional age gap. Like, they're a different generation entirely. Like, the things that they do, the way that they move, they're completely different from yours. Then you now have the added layer of you now move to America. And you did a lot of your like coming of age things in America. You're like you're a different person from them entirely. Like so, yeah. yeah it's it's um, <laughs> yeah. it's a hard one. I wish you the best of luck. Girl, with this no, one. I, I, I like I, to you. I actually give up because I don't think I, <laughs> I give up. Yeah, stuck into my therapist about it, and I was like, I yeah. think that's because at the same time they act the way they act because that's where they they were raised. That's, that's all they know. Norm they are black. So it's yeah. just like. We're different because we we got out of it, so we had mm-hmm. to experience the world, see, oh, this is now, mm-hmm. and our generation is completely different. So I'm mm-hmm. like, if I have to tell you guys what this is, what this is, that's even going to drain me trying to explain yeah. myself. Yeah. So I'm just like, it's okay, it's okay. But mm-hmm. I feel like that's a major thing all of us African children have in common. We just don't know yeah. how. How do we heal from it when we can't even yeah. talk about it? Yeah. yeah, your parents yeah. are just saying, Oh, these children that are sent to America that are coming to this house, yeah. 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 So, yeah. we're stressing them. This is their life that is soft. <laughs> this is their life that is soft. Uh, mm-hmm. me, what my whole life before, uh, can you just imagine rubbish? Yeah, yeah. No. in another life, I was an African father. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> Um, Malik, what would you say your mental health is like now? Ah, from dynamic. moving to now. Mm. Ah, from moving to now. Ah, oof, oof. I would say <laughs> <laughs> no. I would say um, I am in a good place, relatively. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of just you know take take it on as it comes. Um. I go to, like, I don't go to therapists. I don't talk to someone about this, you know, specifically. Like, I don't know that I have the tools to sort through my issues or all that kind of stuff. So I'm, you know, right now, I'm very good at compartmentalizing. I can, mm. I can switch off. Okay, I don't think about this again. I can switch it off for two days. 
Yeah, we've talked about this. We need to discuss this. This is not, I don't I know how healthy it is. It's a good temporary it, solution, it but works. it's not a very good. It works. <laughs> it works. <laughs> but again, I don't think, you know, I mean, I don't think I'm in, you know, any dire situation or mm-hmm. um, I could be, I, I, I do count myself lucky, you know? I mm-hmm. do, when I do talk to other people, you know, who, share with me about their mental health and i talk to you some of my other friends i'm like you know some people are you know actually have stuff that they need to actively work through and you mm-hmm. know they can see how it's affecting their lives and all that kind of thing and mm-hmm. when i now try and you know have that introspective view of my own life i don't really come to the same determinations that those other people do so i do mm-hmm. find myself lucky but again i'm mm-hmm. also questioning myself or am i just in denial and like yeah. just not seeing it. so just that i just live in that in that spot right there but mm-hmm. i will say that i do believe that i'm happy very happy i have a actually. question i have a question if i said if i found you a therapist and i hypothetically if i found you a therapist i paid for it all of those things would you go to the session of course, it's like going to the gym. Why not? Mm, so, so why haven't you gotten to that? Why not just yet? Oh, I told you I'm there. It's just that if I now start saying, okay, where's the therapist? Okay, what's my insurance plan? Okay, where, how many times a week? Okay, is it online? That's good. That's good. I'm just too lazy. I'm like, ah, that's let's go. Imagine therapist is actually stressful. I have a lot. question for you, though. Okay. Now you don't have a therapist. Do you feel like you have someone at least, like if you're going through something, you can go and talk to them about it? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's so I guess it's not you. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not, not it's me. Not it's not me. I will say this. Whenever Malik and I link up in person, we really get into like some... Uh, like, yeah. I break him down just a little bit. <laughs> uh, just like, a little bit. Yeah, like yeah. you. I feel like, yeah. yeah. I always, I always want to know abusal point of view because i know it's you know it's, it'll be objective mm. you know she doesn't she would she, she'll just give it to me you know as it is and i like to think that i do the same for her yeah a little too much sometimes i can't lie to you yeah a little you're too welcome. honest you're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> you can pad it with a little bit of niceness that would be appreciated no. <laughs> no no i told you i'm an african father straight to the point yeah all right but, um my last question for you, mm-hmm. what is your advice to an African immigrant like ourselves who is struggling with their mental health, who maybe they're not even there where they like realize they actually have a problem, but what's your advice to like navigating your mental health and yeah, just opening that door of like exploring that? I would say recognizing that you have a problem first is a step. And then asking for help is a step, like to not be scared to ask for help. Even if you don't mm-hmm. like, if you don't know who to ask for help to like, just go to a random person or if that's a, like have a support system as well. Yeah. Let's speak. Like, yeah. Have a support system, go to therapy. If you can, if you can go to therapy, find someone you can like confide in someone you can trust or someone you feel like you can be vulnerable with. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know everyone's religious background or perspective, but I've said praying helps as well. Like, mm-hmm. but it's okay to go to therapy and still pray. Like, he's not yeah. going. God is not gonna. It's not one or the other. Yeah. yeah, it's okay to pray. Um, to like not be scared. I feel like that's a big thing. Actually, it's not. It's, like, it's okay. It's okay to be scared, but 
going to therapy will even let you know why you're scared yes and why you were even like contemplating or why didn't you want to go there because it's we all have a reason we just don't sometimes we just sometimes you know sometimes you just don't know and mm-hmm. overall like taking care of your mental health is not something that's going to happen overnight it's going to take yes. time so if you feel like you try but you still i was in need for three years <laughs> i was mm-hmm. in it for three years i i had bad days like very bad days i feel like my support system my support system was i feel like my support system was more helpful they even going mm. to therapy so like they kept mm. me to together. be yeah to kept it together so having someone as well to keep you accountable um and making mistakes is okay you don't have to be hard mm. on yourself um if things are not going as expected you just have to keep trying you just have to keep yeah. trying like going back and you just have to, you just keep trying eventually yeah. one day you're going to be fine um mm-hmm. it gets better i feel like mm-hmm. going through these things you'll learn things out of it things about mm-hmm. yourself while you're doing certain yeah. things also don't blame yourself and don't live in the past because i think yeah. that was a big thing for me i was like why did i do that i shouldn't have done that I shouldn't have. like yeah. the past is the past you cannot go and change yeah, it happened. it's gone like just mm-hmm. learn from it and move on but yeah that would be my advice but it's okay mm-hmm. to ask for help you should ask for help like mm-hmm. and also like seeing stuff online social media that like don't like that be a pro- like some people act like they have it all together like you know coming well, from yeah. a content creator mm-hmm. i no coming from a content creator i can make something look good than what it actually mm-hmm. looks like yeah, and, there's no real life like honestly and i think that's another thing that makes that affects people mental health because people will see stuff and be like oh blah 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 or even when i make my day in my life vlog videos people will be like oh my god she's so clean it's perfect i am clean don't get me wrong <laughs> but sometimes i make it 10 times cleaner than what it looks like in real life you had cleaners yeah. today yeah. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> but yeah like ask for help don't be scared mm-hmm. therapy is is going to help you even if it's not therapy but just asking for help and seeing how the people around you can help you mm-hmm. it's it's going to be okay yeah, yeah. that's really good advice wanna- I want to add one thing to that understanding that like feelings and how you feel like it's very like it ebbs and flows like it will pass like you will not always be sad and you also won't always be happy like you you will just go through phases and understanding that like if it ends like once it starts it's going to end again like don't don't necessarily sit in the doom of oh my god this is my life forever you know what I mean? Like it'll it'll pass. I promise. You yeah. Don't sit in sadness, but allow yourself to be sad. Just don't yeah. let your sadness define you or like yeah. move you along. Yeah. 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 This awesome. life is about balance. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god. This was this was nice. We got deep. I'm sorry. I know. Uh, it's that, okay. No <laughs> yeah. But this was good. This was it good. Was Thank fun. you so much. Um, Thank you for having me on. Where can they find you on the internet? Um, TikTok, F-A-I-K-A-T, Fight Cat. And Instagram is Adeola FM, A-D-E-O-L-A, underscore FM. How many times have you said that? It's so perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so many times. Yeah. I think I just... <laughs> 
me, I just like saying the way I do this is because each time I take my friend's phone, I just be like, Hi guys, my name is Fikat, follow me on this distance. So oh. I think now it's very repetitive in my head. Yeah. Automatic. But yeah, uh-huh. What is your Instagram? Or where should my we find Instagram. you? Uh <laughs> that's true. We've actually never said where people can find us. You can find me at Japa.diaries <laughs> on Instagram. Facts. Facts. That's, Facts. That's Facts. Facts. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I think that's our episode. All right. All right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye, Bye. guys.